Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about making your charity work attention-seeking. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present, and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. I got to say the title of this episode did give me a little bit of a chuckle because I've personally experienced it and I know a lot of other pageant girls have experienced it where we're told that we only do charity work for attention and I'm like seriously there are so many better ways of getting attention do you know how hard it is to do charity work particularly in the climate we're in at the moment. But I have noticed such a change over the years. Um, from when I was at school, I would do like sponsored events at school. And you just carry around your sponsorship form to your teachers, your mum and dad would take it into work. Um, once email became a thing, um, my dad used to email around his office, will anyone sponsor my kid for doing this? And and that was kind of it. You'd raise like some money and it'd be great. Um, and then more and more events started appearing. And I remember in, in secondary school, I was part of the charities commission and I loved running events and I loved doing things for different charities. So a certain charity would appeal to my heart and I'd take it to charities commission and I'd come up with an event idea I'd want to do. And it sort of appealed to my skill set. I loved charities commission. It was definitely my favorite part of of school um and uh, and it actually was what got me my first proper career as wedding and event planner um because I had no professional experience when I went into my first role but I had all this experience from uh, charities commission and I'd run my school didn't do prom so I did a prom um with a couple of friends um and uh that was the experience that got me my first proper like professional career job um, and yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely loved that side of things. But even as we moved into that, um, sort of that difference from the middle of junior school was sort of my first things I remember doing to end of secondary school, it was becoming much harder. And towards the end of, I think it must have been GCSEs, I signed up to do one of those like big trips where you have to raise a lot of sponsorship money. Um, and it was really hard. And in fact, it, it turned out I had to pull out of, of the trip and didn't get to do that one. Um, but I did in later life do Cycle Madagascar, which was again raising thousands and thousands of pounds um, in sponsorship. I think we raised, um, it was meant to be me and my mum doing it together. Unfortunately, her cancer returned and she wasn't able to come. Um, but together we raised over £10,000 for the charity um, that we were fundraising for. Um, and that was on top of um, like the expense of doing the trip, which we paid for. Um, so the, I've seen, I've seen such a broad spectrum. I've run balls and things. I've run raffles. I've run all the obvious things and I've run like some very unobvious things over the years. Um, and we see again, that massive broad spectrum of different types of events 
in the pageant community. Um, it depends on people's experience, people's networks, things like that, um, of what you're going to run, what appeals to you. Um, I do see some real, very common mistakes that happen when people try and do charity things that, and, and I'm like, oh, I really want to reach out because I don't think that's going to work, but you don't want to put a dampener on someone's experience. Um, and then when it doesn't work, I'll usually go to them and say, have you thought about doing this, this and this instead? Um, but what I've tried to do with the podcast is sort of preempt those kind of problems. We've talked about charity work and things before. Um, now, obviously, the climate at the time of recording this, we are in lockdown 2.0 here in England. Um, I think Wales have just come out of um, their little mini, like, well, probably felt like an eternity for Wales lockdown. I've lost track of where Scotland is at the moment. Um, I think Northern Ireland just had another mini lockdown. So um, it's particularly difficult right now. There's no actual events happening. Um, charity work is such a huge part of pageantry for me. So I'm really trying to work out what I'm going to do. And obviously some of you will have seen that I did. It was meant to be the three peaks, but that got cancelled. It wasn't legally able to run. So I had to do Ben Nevis three times instead. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, so there are ways around it at the moment, but I also think this is this is a bit of an evergreen podcast because this has been a trend over the last 20 plus years. Um, what how old am I? So at least 13 years. I think I must have been 10, no, no older than 10 when I did my first charity event. Um, so at least at least 23 years worth of charity fundraising experience coming at you. Um, and there has been a massive change. It is very difficult to raise money for charity. Now, the other thing I want to point out is it doesn't always need to be about raising money. Sometimes it's about raising awareness. Um, my partner's done some work with a charity near to us. And actually, the funding side of things, they're sorted. But it's how to spend it and spend it in the best ways. Um, and it's... It, working with homelessness and um, the housing and how they spend the budget to make the most of it and obviously he knows property so um, that's why he does work with them um, so sometimes it's it's raising awareness um, it's building connections to the right people sometimes charities have got amazing services but they're not reaching the people that need them it isn't always about raising money um, and I think that's really really important to remember um, when you're looking at your event what is the purpose of the event is it to raise money um, is it to raise awareness and um, which side of things is it put onto um, both of them as far as I'm concerned you're going to have to be pretty attention seeking. It is a noisy space out there, particularly with the fact that everything's online at the moment. Um, you're having to be really, really noisy. We've had the US president elect, the presidential election going on. There's so much going on online. You've got to be noisy. You've got to be attention seeking if you want your event to, to, I don't want to say succeed, but to be the best it can be. Um, so that's the first thing I think people need to think about is, is are you awareness or funds? Now you can be a bit of both, but I would ideally pick a main one. Um, for me, Ben Nevis was a fundraising exercise because it's going to be 
well, sort of my biggest event. There's another one that's fairly big that I'm doing next year. So it's sort of my biggest event. It was my bigger money raising one. Um, but it did also give me a chance to talk about the charity. Um, even going up and down the mountain, people are like, you've passed us twice. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm raising money for the Samaritans. <laughs> it was like, bit of awareness on the way up like running out of breath um like climbing that thing was a blur um must do it again so I'm just like whacking my hand on the desk here um so yeah start start by thinking about that um the next thing that you want to be thinking about is what what skill set have you got um so ignoring the fact that we're in, in lockdown at the moment do you have the skills yet to run a massive event? Um, now, it might be that you don't, but your mom, you've got a friend that does that is going to be part of your team. So if you've got someone that is definitely willing to do the event with you, that counts as your skill set. We'll include their skill set in it. So have you or someone that's running it with you got the skill set to do it? Um, and this can be quite good with teaming up with um, with the charity um, because you might bring something to the party that um, that they haven't gotten things as well. Um, the metaphorical party, because it might not be an actual party. So have you got the skill sets to do what it is you want to do? Will people actually want to come to what you want to do? One of the biggest mistakes I see in pageantry charity work is when your only audience, your only target market is within the pageant industry. Pretty much everyone in the pageant industry is doing some sort of charity fundraising at some point, um, either as a contestant or a queen. You need to be doing something that goes beyond that audience, out to some another group of friends, colleagues, whatever, that maybe aren't constantly tapped up for charity money or um, constantly running charity events themselves. Um, the more successful events will go beyond that audience. So really, 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 really try <laughs> to make it an event that isn't just for the pageant community. They do work, but the majority will struggle. And particularly with it being all online things at the moment, um, you'd have to have like the most incredible, unique selling point. Um, and and there've been a couple over the years, but people latch onto them and suddenly like four or five people are doing the same thing. It's not so unique. It's not so... Um, it's not so great. Um, and I've seen that even with um, when people have done a raffle item that's been really, really popular. Someone else does the same raffle item and you'd think it'd be go crazy again. And it doesn't because it's kind of done and people have seen it done, which is so, so sad because the next person might also really want that raffle item. But um, so, yeah, think about think about your skill set. Think about the audience that is you're applying it to. Um, think about maybe how it connects in with the charity. Um, so maybe you're, if you're raising money for like sport relief, you might make it a sporting event type one. Um, for me, I quite often tap into the fitness side of things because that's my profession. So I have a bit of a fitness audience as well. Um, it's also a big makes it sort of a big challenge for me to push myself to do something more fitness related that's where my knowledge background is and things like that so have a little think about about that kind of stuff as well and um, it doesn't even need to be a massive event sometimes you can raise a huge amount of money on a one item raffle like more money than you'd raise doing a whole massive ball and um, because of the overheads and expenses of it so you need to be thinking about um 
are you going to be covering the costs of it or is it going to be coming out of the money you raise? Um, so I use myself as an example, um, lost most of my, or lost all of my income to start with at the beginning of the first lockdown, got a little bit of it back. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of dabbling between what I pay for myself and what I don't pay for myself. And I do make sure I put that in the wording. Um, so for example, I'm at the time of recording this, I'm running a ring light raffle. Um, and it does say the cost of the ring light will be coming out of the the cost of the tickets and that is absolutely fine do not think you have to be paying for this yourself um people have done like photo raffled off photo shoots the cost of the photo shoot comes out of the raffle money you shouldn't be having to pay for this yourself brilliant if you do but um you need to be aware a lot of these raffles with the bigger ticket items they're not always donations um Companies can't constantly be donating. Again, I hate to use the phrase, particularly in this current climate, but it's so true. Uh, so true. Um, so do make sure that you are factoring some of your expenses and costs. Um, some of them, when I've had like businesses that have aligned with what I was doing, um, my business has sponsored the cost, which means some of the items have been sort of tax deductible so that it's, although I've paid for them, I haven't had to pay full price for them or something, or I've been able to get them from a wholesale supplier um, and things like that as well. Um, actually, I don't think I've done tax deductible on anything, um, but I have been able to get stuff from wholesale suppliers um I'm particularly in the moment don't pay enough tax because I don't work enough um for it to be tax deductible but say you are in that position that's something to look at um I wouldn't be doing that unless you've got an accountant to speak to or you're very knowledgeable on accounts to make sure that what you're doing is legal because I would never want to recommend anything illegal on this podcast um so yeah have a have a check with that um or speak to Companies that may be interested in donating things at wholesale price instead of retail price. So um, that's them not making any profit, but it's not necessarily costing them any money and they might get a bit of promotion out of it. Um, like I touched on a second ago, with the bigger events it becomes more overheads. And one of the overheads that people often forget is their time. Um, if you're going to have to take time off work to run the event, things like that, that is an expense that you need to factor in and need to work out if it's worth the if it's worth doing the event. And um, I years ago was doing a couple of events and actually realized the amount of time it's taking me to do the events. It'd be better for me to not run them and to donate my salary for the day <laughs> to the charity. So I just did that. <laughs> it was much better. Um. So yeah, definitely one. Those those are sort of the different areas you want to be sort of thinking about. Um, you might want to go back and listen to this episode again with pen and paper in hand. I probably should have said at the beginning, have pen and paper in hand. Um, I do want to say around the making things, you want to make it something different and something profitable. Don't panic if the idea doesn't work. Trust me, for every, like, I'm, I'm a bit more selective now, particularly after I had my daughter. I'm, I'm so, so fussy with where I put my time. Um, but I have, I have run plenty of charity events that have made no money. 
um, particularly in my early pageant days, um, I'd see a pageant girl do something and I'd be like, great, I'll do this twist on it. Um, but actually I didn't have the pageant network um, and I was targeting a pageant community, which was already saturated with with events and things. Um, so don't panic if your ideas don't work. That is where you have to be very careful that you're not spending a lot of your own money to run events. If you're being contracted contracted in to anything with a venue make sure that you've got like long dates like cancellation policies um don't just think this is a brilliant idea loads of people are going to buy tickets don't put your money where your mouth is until you've got the money from other people um i always say like if so if i'm booking a group table for something and we have to put deposits down i get the deposits of everyone before i put the money down unless i'm willing to fill those seats myself, <laughs> unless I can afford um, to like pay that deposit myself and then get, get the deposits in before you put your actual money down. Oh, so you've got this amazing event. You actually have an audience to target to, drawing attention to what you are doing. You have to post a lot online for people to see it. Um, particularly at the moment, um, as I said, we've had the US presidential election, we've got COVID going on, um, it's lots of drama, 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 um, all online, a lot of people have moved their businesses online, even before that, I think it was something like one in 100 posts or something of yours get seen, um, I've recently completed the 3000 squat challenge for refuge, um, and there are a lot of people on there saying, I'm just not getting any sponsorship, and it's like, you have to post so much, so much. So put the same post up a couple of times. Um, change the wording, change the photo on the post, but keep the wording the same. Like put up lots and lots of different variations of the same thing. This is where Insta stories and Facebook stories are really, really good because people are kind of used to that um more uh larger volume of content on there. So post about it, post about it. So for example, Ben Nevis posting about packing the bag, posting about traveling up, posting like every time I got to a service station, I did a little live. Like you have to bombard people with information. They are not intentionally trying to be nasty by not sponsoring, but people spot it when they're on the loo and then they rush out the door to work. Like it's, you have to keep reminding them. Um, with brand awareness, it's something like people have to see a brand seven times before they fully register the brand. Like it's a lot. You have to post a lot. If you think you're posting a lot, keep posting more. <laughs> you can't, I don't think you can over post at the moment, um, and, to, and still get it seen. Um, so I say make lots of similar, but slightly different promo posts, um, if you're finding something really isn't grabbing attention, then maybe ask a friend to see what they think. Can you read the wording in it? Is it clear that you're asking for money? Like, is it clear that you're asking for people to book tickets in advance or can they just turn up on the night? Like, is the information clear? And because you've written it, you won't necessarily see what is and isn't clear. So specifically send it to a friend and say, can you tell me what this post is trying to get you to do? Um, and so often you'll be like, Oh, it's just a pretty image, isn't it? And you'd be like, no, you're meant to be booking a ticket from it. And so like, ask lots of people, change the wording around, move the date around the page, things like that. Those tiny little tweaks um, will suddenly get more and more people um, interested in knowing it. 
Um, one of the really good ones is going live at the event or uh, when you're doing the event or going live. Uh, so say you're raffling off, I'm going to use my ring light as an example, I'm raffling off a ring light. I've got the actual ring light I'm going to be raffling off, like I own the same model. So I could do a little live and say, look, this is my ring light. This is the same model as the one I'm going to raffle off. Um, look how good it is. Look at all the attachments it comes with. Look at the great bag it comes with. Like, isn't it brilliant? Um, if it's an actual physical event, you can live at the event. Um, I did some Insta lives and stuff while I was up Ben Nevis. I mean, I was sobbing in one of them because the last climb was hard. Um, but it, more donations came in. Um, like I, next time I checked my phone after that crying one halfway up Ben Nevis, um, I'd had like five or six more donations. Um, because not only did it tug up people's heartstrings, but it was later in the day when they were sort of chilling on the sofa and, and they had the time to then go and do it. Um, so going live grabs the attention. Facebook particularly um, loves when people go live on their platform. Um, the algorithm loves it. It's all over it. And you're much more likely to get your image, your thing, sh your post shown to more people. Um, also, when you go live, don't rush on and get it over with. Have a little bit of a chit chat, a bit of drivel at the beginning, because it takes a while for Facebook and Instagram to tell your audiences that you've gone live. So leave it going a little bit longer. Um, have a little bit of a chat, chit chat because just like a blank screen or like an infographic screen for 20 minutes before, like if you've said you're going live at, at 7pm and the first 20 minutes is just like an infographic screen, I find that just rude. So come on and chat to people um, and, and you don't need to even announce when it's coming out, but come on and chat, let them get their notifications up and things like that um, and, um, and, and come and see what it is you're doing. Lots of donations tend to come in on the day and after the event. The majority of my sponsorship for Ben Nevis was on the day and after. Um, very little uh, came in before and, and I've had that happen quite a lot. Very little comes in before um, with so many things. So don't be disheartened. Um, and it's not even a case of people want to check that you're going to do the thing. It's just that there's no deadline when it's like, oh, I'm doing it in three months time. There's no like deadline to put the sponsorship in. Um, so if it's something like you're traveling to China to walk uh, the Great Wall of China for charity um, and you need the money two months before, then set that as the deadline. So you're like people, re I need to hit this target by then. Otherwise, I can't go or something like that. Like um, if you need people to bring it forward. But otherwise, accept that you need to keep hammering on about it while you're doing the event and after it like I posted a lot after I shared pictures afterwards with my link attached um also the times that I did each of the mountain I made a bit of a game of people were placing their bets on how long it was going to take me on average to climb it three times things like that like have that wasn't just for fun that was a strategy to make sure that there was more money coming in for the charity that it was getting more and more attention you're Charity work needs to be attention seeking if it's going to be an awareness campaign or a financial one. Um, go old school. OK, so probably shouldn't be going door to door right now, but um, people just put a post up on Facebook and it gets lost. Uh when COVID's not so much an issue, flyers door to door. If you've got like really good with your nose, like sort of really sort of know your neighbours and things like that get some really cheap flyers printed up and then when you see a neighbour go pop it through their door you talk to anyone you can give them a fly they've got a bit of paper to go and 
book it on. Um, and you can get literally, oh, what's the website I use? Um, I think it's literally called like cheap, cheapflyerprinting.com. Um, uh, cheapestprintonline.co.uk. Cheapestprintonline.co.uk. So cheap. So cheap. And there's loads of really cheap printers now. Um, probably cheaper than printing it at home yourself. Um, so get some flies printed up when when restrictions allow for that more of contact and things like that as well. Emails. Um, drop, drop into people's emails. Worst case, it goes into spam. Worst case, they hit delete. Um, but it's that little bit more attention. Tell them, try and make it a bit personal. Put their name on it. Um, don't make it all like copy and paste um, or even set your auto signature so you've got a little bit at the bottom of your of your signature on your email that says that you're about to do an event or you've got a charity thing running um, and would people like to donate you will be surprised how many people read the email signature um, and I say that because I have quite a interesting email signature and I get a lot of comments on it. I'm now, I'm just going to open it up so I can like read it properly, which means I'm probably going to loads of pinging noises. So um, there you go. Emails are going to ping. Um, so I have my email signature, stay safe, God bless Jessica. And then underneath it, it says, please know I only check my emails 30 minutes every day while I aim to respond within 72 hours. This isn't always possible. My daughter comes first. Thanks for your understanding. So many people have commented on that. So I know people read email signatures. Like, not everyone, but I know there's some. Um, and then under that, um, I've actually got the links to the last big charity event. I need to update that because um, due to COVID, we can't run the next one, which is a shame. Um, but I will not be defeated. I'm running something digitally instead. Um, so yeah, whack an email signature on. Whack some emails out to people. Um, if you're younger... Um, speak to your parents. Do they have email chains with friends? Um, I know my dad still emails lots of people. He's still all about the email. Um, ask him to stick an email signature on and saying, my daughter's doing X, Y, and Z for charity. Would you be able to donate? Text people, DM people. I will put a caveat to that though. It's, it's very, a lot of people are struggling financially at the moment. And um, but that is always the case. It's just particularly bad at the moment. And it feels really awkward if you're asking them to tell you then and there if you, they're going to sponsor you. Um, could you? Would you be able to sponsor me? Um, is very different to if you're able to, here's the link to sponsor me. Because it means people can go away and, and do it privately. They're not, you're not asking them then and there. It, just be very, very careful with your wording. Um, even putting that, I know times are tough. Don't worry if you can't, but I just wanted, in case you'd missed my post on Facebook about it, um, I'm doing this charity event. Here's the link. Or if you're able to share it, that'd be really, really great. Um, but no worries if not, like, I think in a way kind of drum it home that it's you're not necessarily you won't be offended if they can't sponsor you um but I have had some where the the message very much made me feel like I needed to respond with yes I'll sponsor you or no I won't which put me in a really awkward position because I was like how do I explain that actually I've I've sponsored someone else in this charity recently or I'm wasn't going to get paid that month so <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to do it like 
it's um so be very very careful when you're any kind of direct message so your text your emails um dms things like that um but also those are a little bit of an awareness for the charity as well um i find it's quite nice if people put a couple of little lines about what the charity is about in those two so those are some of my tips for making your event, um, your charity work more attention seeking. Um, as I said, really, really thinking about what event it is you're going to do in the first place and how to make it a profitable and a successful event. And then shout from the rooftops about it. Talk about it everywhere. Remember, I, do, I don't think you can really overpost online at the moment. Um, but making sure you're doing little adaptations, little catchy things, make one thing a TikTok, um, make it eye-catching and engaging that people want to get involved with it. Um, we are doing, as a community, an amazing job of keeping all our charity work going during this really, really tough time. Um, the amount of money people are raising is just absolutely incredible. Um, but don't forget, some of these people, if you're new to pageantry, some of these people have been doing this for a long time. They might have standard events that they run and that people know about and things. Um, so don't go comparing never compare, don't go comparing your, how much money you've raised to how much money someone else has raised, um, I always feel bad, I don't raise as much money as I used to, um, but I've kind of, one, I've tapped everyone out, and two, I have different priorities now, because I have to obviously give a lot of time to my daughter instead of my charity work, um, but it's still there, I still work really hard, and I don't get upset that, that I'm raising less money than I used to, because I'm still trying super hard, um, so be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Any questions, please, please, please give me a shout. Check back on previous episodes because we have done some previous stuff around charity work and event planning and stuff like that. Um, have an amazing day and I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.